Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Thursday the 16th of May. Coming up, artist plans to remember Benny the Beluga through plastic sculpture. I've got a two-year-old, so I feel like I've got a responsibility to help make our generation better. How coffee pods are keeping the air ambulance flying. It's really great for the environment and it also helps these helicopters and the crews fly and get to the most sick and injured people. And a Kent man who's written children's books about a paramedic hopes to help others. If enough copies sell, I'm hoping one day that we can open a retreat centre so that we can uh, offer support to people 24-7. Kent Online News. But first today, there's more fallout from the axing of the Jeremy Kyle show as a review into all reality shows is launched by MPs. Folkestone and Hythe's Damien Collins, who heads up the Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee, has ordered it. Love Island will be among the programmes looked into following the deaths of two contestants, including former Kemp footballer Mike Thalassitis. ITV insists they do look after the welfare of participants, but the broadcaster's former chief exec, Stuart Preble, thinks the future of reality telly is in jeopardy. I don't know whether this whole area is... Dead, but I do think that it will be a very, very long time before a show of this kind comes back again. Two men have been arrested after armed police helped stop a car on the M2. The vehicle, which was uninsured and thought to be linked to drug dealing in Kent, was spotted near Junction 3 in Medway just after midnight. A 34-year-old from Chatham has been released while investigations continue. A 28-year-old from London is still in custody. Police, meantime, are hunting four men following a stabbing in Folkestone. A man in his 20s was taken to hospital with a serious leg injury after police were called to reports of a disturbance at a property in Watkin Road on Tuesday night. Staying in Folkestone, a fire at a block of flats is now being treated as suspected arson. Crews were called to Brockman Road late on Tuesday. The blaze caused a gas leak, but no one was injured. Kent Online reports. Now, he may have left the Thames, but a Kent artist is planning on creating a life-size sculpture of Benny the Beluga to raise awareness of plastic waste. The whale hit the head Lines when it turned up near Gravesend last September. And you might remember it even led to the town's annual fireworks display having to be cancelled. Well, now Amy West is collecting rubbish that's washed up and plans to create a piece of art to remember him and get across an important message. Unfortunately for Gravesend and Swanscombe, the way the river bends, a lot of the rubbish collects here, even if it's not generated here. Um, so just trying to get our river a bit cleaner and people aware that what single-use plastic is doing Mm. to our rivers our waterways our sea yeah just getting some knowledge out there and are you someone that's particularly interested in the environment and yes 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 um i've got a two-year-old so i feel like i've got um to help make our generation better and his generation better and how long has it taken you so far to make the frame of benny um, actually, a brilliant um, artist in Wilder called Pablo made the frame for me, um, and I think it took him two and a half, three days. Oh, wow, that's He's a bit cute. of a whiz. Yeah, He's a bit of a whiz. Um, obviously, we had planning meetings and um, design meetings pre to that, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but you kind of sketched out the... Yeah, we did some sizes. We wanted to make him three and a half metres long, because that's how long a beluga is, or 
a beluga can be three i think it's three meters to four and a half an adult male can be yeah we so we wanted to make it kind of the right boom side. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um in terms of now Benny's obviously left us, probably. Um, well, I hope us. so. I hope so. Do you think it's nice to have a kind of sculpture in memory of him almost? Yeah, definitely. And just to remind us as well, because um, I believe it was in the 80s. I'm probably going to get all my facts confused now because I'm being recorded. Um, but in the 80s, um, the Thames was actually in the centre of London, biologically dead. So to prove that animals can live here now, like there's seals, porpoises, and now a whale living um, happily in the Thames, um, shows that we're getting somewhere and we can, we can make it even better. Yeah. And his presence was a bit controversial for a while, wasn't it? Some people were pleased, some people... Well, there was a whole hoo-ha about the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's brilliant that the people of Grayson d- decided that they prefer to have the whale than fireworks. From now, kind of, um, how many hours do you estimate? How long is it going to take to get it all together? Well, so I've only got a couple of days to do the cladding, ready for Fusion Festival. Um, and then, obviously, we, we've got collections going on. And then our big drive is at Riverside Festival. And then for the week of the Fringe Festival, we're getting the public to help us clad it. So depending on how many people show up, yeah. um, we'll either get it all done in that time or I'll have lots of finishing to do after the fringe happens. But we're hoping, we're hoping that the um, people of Gravesham want to help um, because then they'll own it, like they'll have ownership of it and it will be their artwork rather yeah. than just someone that's come in and done this thing of Benny. It'll be they did this thing of Benny. Kent Online reports. Plans to knock down part of a secondary school in Canterbury and replace it with a new building have been approved. Simon Langton Gulls Grammar have been given permission to replace three crumbling buildings which date back to the 1950s with a new teaching block and sports hall. You can see what it will eventually look like by going on kentonline.co.uk. Meantime, the Kent Online podcast has been hearing how recycling coffee pods is keeping the Kent Air Ambulance flying. There are 18 collections boxes across the county in places like supermarkets, train stations and leisure centres. So far, £12,000 has been raised through collecting them for a company which then recycles the pods into other products like picnic benches and even fleeces. Police officer Adam Hunter runs the project here in the county. My partner drinks an awful lot of these pods uh, and I just hated seeing them going in the bin. I thought, you know, they've only got one single use. We must be able to, um, you know, recycle them or reuse them. I found uh, for a bit of internet research the company that does them TerraCycle. I applied to join the scheme. There was a little bit of a wait and then uh, once I was on, started collecting them um, and it was just amazing from talking to neighbours and people I worked with just how many people had these machines and you know we started first of all maybe sending 20 kilos worth of waste at the start every couple of months um, and now we're doing 70,000 pods a week across Kent. And from those pods you've now joined forces with the air ambulance to get some money for them tell me about that connection. So the last 18 months or so we've supported the uh, Air Ambulance Ken Surrey Sussex. Um, through my work as a police officer, I see day to day the life saving work that they do. A lot of people don't know that actually the Air Ambulance is a charity, it's not funded by the NHS, it solely relies on donations. So 
it was just a natural fit really. Um, it's really great for the environment and it also helps these helicopters and the crews fly and get to the most sick and injured people uh, across the counties. And tell me how it works in terms of the recycling because as you say your partner probably didn't know that all those bits could be recycled. So now we've got 18 collection boxes across Kent in supermarkets, railway stations, um, swimming baths. People go there with their used waste, they drop it in, they don't need to do anything, they don't need to wash them, they don't need to empty the coffee, just as soon as it comes out of the machine, pop it in the bag, take it to the supermarket when you're next shopping or when you're next swimming and um, we do the rest. We have specialist collection boxes there, we go, we collect them, they go back and then they get sent to TerraCycle up in Preston and they turn them into other items such as picnic benches, fleeces um, and for every crate that we send back they make donations to the Kent uh, Air Ambulance. What has been the reception like from the people at the Air Ambulance from what you're doing? They've been brilliant. They all, you know, publicise what we're doing. They they really seem to get it. And I know as well from, you know, being here at the base and the other base in Chatham that the crews actually rely on their coffee pods as well. They recycle them. So uh, it's definitely a win-win. Kent Online News. The final resting place of a Kent soldier has finally been discovered more than 100 years after he was killed in the First World War. 29-year-old Captain Cecil Thomas Tuff from Rochester died in April 1950 during a battle in the Belgian town of Ypres. He was buried as an unknown captain after the Great War. Well, a rededication ceremony has now taken place in Belgium following research by the Ministry of Defence. In sport, Gillingham coach Ian Cox has left Priestfield. He's tweeted his love affair with the club has come to a sad end. The announcement happened as it was also revealed players Luke O'Neill and Billy Bingham will be leaving. And as Mental Health Awareness Week continues, a Kent man has been telling us about his vision to set up a 24-7 retreat centre. Tim Parsons from Gillingham suffered PTSD following the death of a child at his Sunday school in Dartford in 2008. He went on to write children's books called Paramedic Chris while working as a chaplain for the South East Coast Ambulance Service. It involves a lot of um, supporting crew members, particularly who have been going through PTSD and very difficult times personally. One of the things with the ambulance services um, you, you're expected to go from one job to the next and everything just adds up so having myself there as a listening ear can bridge that gap and, and then that's led you to writing the paramedic chris books now how, how did that exactly come about yes that's right I, um, my first ever third manning shift was with a paramedic called chris treves and we got chatting and chris had mentioned that his daughter had been suffering from cancer from a year, early age she's at the time was about 14 and since about two years old she'd been suffering from cancer and he went on to say she'd just written a book herself uh, and that got me thinking oh actually yeah that's encouraging me to write a book and then out of the blue, it was like a light bulb moment. I had, um, I thought, oh, we've got Fireman Sam, Postman Pat, and I thought, there's nothing for the ambulance service. So I had a chat with Chris, and the story of Paramedic Chris was born from there. And the books itself, what are they based on? Well, Paramedic 
Chris so far has got two episodes. The first one's based on a hoax call, and I must add they're both calls that I've actually been on in real life, attended with the crews. So the the crew go out on the first call to this hoax call, but it, uh, to cut a long story short, the family that are in distress are able to be reunited at the end, and it's a story of how hoax calls are not the best thing to do for children, as it will cause problems for other people. Uh, the second book, which I had learnt a lot of lessons from since the first episode, is about an elderly gentleman we visited who was suffering from loneliness since the death of his wife. And as a crew, the paramedics were able to rebuild his life. One of the biggest issues I've witnessed, Third Manning, is the mental health um, crisis we've got at the moment. Uh, one of the reasons I've written these books is that if enough copies sell, I'm hoping one day that we can open a retreat centre so that we can uh, offer support to people 24-7. Why in particular is that that's the cause that you want the proceeds to go to? I think because it's personal to my heart as well, having suffered from a breakdown a number of years ago myself, it's very personal to me and seeing how many people suffer mentally is quite heartbreaking. And if we can have somewhere where people can come and just talk and just be themselves and feel secure in a safe environment, it will really help, I feel, generally in society and reduce the workload on all of the emergency services. Just to reiterate, I mean, what is it you're hoping to achieve from that and how do you think you'll be able to help people? We'll be able to help people by giving them a safe environment where they can chat. Uh, one of the visions in the centres would be to, say, employ counsellors full-time, possibly medically trained people as well, so the help's there 24-7 with the right people in the right professions, which sometimes could take a long time for someone to be referred to. I remember, for example, when I went through counselling, I had to wait on a waiting list for a number of months before I could go and see a counsellor. It would be lovely to have something available much quicker to people. And finally today, bosses in Maidstone have been left red-faced after a spelling mistake was spotted in a carving, which is part of a £3 million regeneration project. Slabs have been laid in Week Street and Gabriel's Hill, with some telling the history of the town. But on one, the word principle has been spelt incorrectly. Now, for more news throughout the day, don't forget you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.